Hello everybody and welcome to podcast number 24. Today I have a very secretive person. We know very little about him. All we know is that he was once in Russia and now living in the UK. Why? How? Who knows? Let's find out. It's Vitaly Volkov. Welcome Vitaly, how are you? Hi, hi, good, thanks. I mean, not very secretive, I guess you're just not as good at research. Um, <laughs> also, probably you didn't research me in Russian, so otherwise you would be, oh, there is a lot of information about him online, especially <laughs> embarrassing photos from school years. Um, but uh, yeah, look, six years in London already. Um, yeah, moved for work, actually, for day job. Uh, I worked I- in a bank which decided to close Moscow office. So I was offered to move to London and never regretted it, really. Oh, so, uh, and did you do comedy before you came over? So w- when I was in, in school and in uni, I did some comedy sketches, not exactly stand-up, but comedy sketch movements in Russia are quite big. So I, th- I would say... Uh, it is or it was until very recently the main comedy format uh, so I did that uh, until I was about 20 maybe but then adult life kicked in uh, and I had to stop that and focus on you know things like finding a job uh, marrying moving to London divorcing so you know adult stuff um, uh, but then yeah in the end of 2000 17 in the end of 2017 i yeah i decided to think what was that i always wanted to do but uh, you know never could find time for and i concluded it was stand-up um, actually i was choosing between uh, stand-up and music uh, so uh, my option number two was becoming a musician but then i concluded music is much much harder <laughs> and i potentially <laughs> don't have talent for that so uh, opted for stand-up and and since you've been in the uk you've traveled quite a lot with your comedy haven't you and you've won things at the king gong in um london and in manchester yeah. amongst other places as well so it's really taken off quite quickly it was taken off until pandemic kicked in and you know uh, yeah so yeah. i don't know when things reopen uh i i don't know where i am in the you know taking order and where i am with my stand-up career anymore do i need to th- start from scratch or, i don't know we'll are you see. have you ever thought of being a musical comedian then since you've no no definitely not i think those are two very different art forms uh, right for me music is about more about suffering and you know those uh you know, difficult emotions, I would say, well, comedy is for fun. Uh, I, in my head, those two don't mix. And what instrument did you play or do you play? No, I never played any. Uh, it was, you know, not necessary. <laughs> it's, it's, we're living in postmodern world. You don't need instruments for music. <laughs> and which comedians um, inspired you when you were growing up uh i don't know i i don't think there is any single uh comedian and as as i say especially when i was growing up stand up in russia wasn't a big thing uh, it was usually sketches which are 
like where you know specific individuals behind them are less important than you know, than the collective output. So I, I wouldn't call any anyone that who was more inspirational than any other. And specifically, when I started doing stand up in 2018, uh, I told told myself that I shouldn't, you know, watch other comedians specials. I shouldn't, because a lot of people start comedy, like let's, let me watch those who do it best and learn from them. I told myself I need to avoid it as much as possible because I didn't want to, you know, subconsciously start copying my favorites and, you know, start, you know, not necessarily borrowing jokes, but borrowing style, etc. So I wanted my creative process to be as pure as possible. So I'm still kind of not keen to watch comedy specials and, you know, of other comedians. But were your parents funny and amusing or? Yeah. um, I mean, I don't know whether they themselves were very funny, uh, but definitely they were big comedy fans. Yeah. So they supporting you after all your studies, supporting you doing comedy. Do they think that's a good idea? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, so. uh, in, they don't know what I'm doing now because they don't speak English. So, but, uh, Have you been able to be in touch with them through Zoom and that through the pandemic? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, okay. of course. So, Because I suppose you're used to that anyway because you haven't seen them and you've been... Exactly, nothing changed. <laughs> so nothing's changed for you on there. It's just like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and are you working from home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's keeping you busy and active. So, yeah. Um, and so whereabouts in Russia are you from? Uh, I was born in Moscow and I spent all my youth like near Moscow. It, it was a small town, 50 kilometers from Moscow. Happy to tell you about my the town I spent my youth in. I, I even have a bit about that in my stand-up that... Uh, our town was somewhat unique because at some point all like mayors and governors of neighboring towns all like went to prison for corruption. There was a wave of, you know, a lot of arrests and ours wasn't, uh, wasn't arrested. So we were really proud. Um, our, later he was burnt alive in his car. Ah, um, so, um, so <laughs> quite an interesting area to come from then. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you find that help form you in, from the early years? Uh, look, I I don't know because uh, it was the only life I had. So to me, yeah. especially since I was a child or early, you know, teen, mm. young teenager, for me it was I didn't know that alternative life existed. I was like, oh, this is this this is how things <clears throat> are. So it, it never crossed my mind that. It, I live in like a dangerous place or something like that. It was the only place I knew. So, I've worked with a lot of uh, Russians um, in 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 the town, and mo- most of the, the people who come from Russia, I, I must say, are, are very clever people, and and the, um, you know they're either from a let's say a physics, nuclear, astrophysics, maths background. Do you come from that sort of same sort of school? Uh, well, yeah, kind of. I started mathematical methods in economics in the uni. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I guess it's natural that, uh, you know, smarter and more well-educated people come here uh, because it's easier to find a job in London when you are well-educated. Yeah, yeah. So when, when you're growing up in Russia, did you, 
um, obviously you'd have looked at like Western TV. Did you ever, was there ever a glimmer of, let's say, any particular programs that suddenly said, you know, may have sown the seed in comedy? Mm, no, I don't think so. Uh, out of Western TV, uh, my favorite was MTV back when it was about music. It was great. Going back, going back to comedy, because we were obviously talking to Sean Gorman the other day, uh-huh. and you're, you're uh, one of the threesome for the, your own podcast. So yeah. how did that come about? How, when did you meet them and decide, actually, this is what we're going to do together? Yeah, look, so it, it is three of us here, myself, uh, Sean and Dimitri Bakanov. So I knew Dimitri for a while. Uh, we met yeah, three years, more than three years ago now. And uh, we started a pro- project with Dimitri whereby we were discussing news every week. So it was like news review. Um, and then we said, look, we need also something more of a podcast than TV show or than YouTube show. And, but two of us were very similar, me and Dimitri. We are both sort of dry-ish, dark-ish, non-PC comics. So we wanted someone who is uh, with different style, you know, and different persona. And Dimitri suggested Sean and we tried it with Sean. And I think it was uh, great chemistry from day one. So we continued and we still continue and you still continue and you're hoping to actually be able to take it to a fringe one day yes and when you say one day we think maybe as early as june for something like brighton fringe Uh um yeah because when we can we try uh, and record it with live audience and like by live audience i mean it's just we invite three four friends who sit Uh and watch us recording and it's great atmosphere, and I think it's yeah. This show is very friendly for uh, for live situation. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple; they're fun. They're fun, and I think um, I mean there's a lot of hope for Brighton going ahead now after yesterday's announcement as well. So yeah, whereas before it, because I know Edinburgh have cancelled this year in the full format anyway. They're not going. Um, I and, think they're doing a similar. Yeah, I don't know, actually. So I, I was supposed to do AAA uh, show. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Uh, so AAA show at uh, Pleasance in, in Edinburgh in 2020, and then they moved it to 2021. And then I haven't heard whether it's still going or not. Uh, maybe it will. I don't know. The- theoretically, there is hope, right? There is hope that social distancing will be lifted by then. Because the Pleasance is quite a... a- renowned place so they made yeah. places like that the, you know the big ones and just leave out the the little man so, i think it uh, is possible yeah but so that, what do i know ideally would one day you'd like to be able to give up your job in the bank and be a full-time paid comedian is that your ambition or well it would be a dream obviously um but i guess the uh, what any reasonable person would do i try to explore different uh, different options within comedy world so one is obviously stand up other one is podcast which for many people financially works much better than live shows right uh, so that's another one third one is uh, i'm thinking about writing scripts for like sitcoms actually me and dimitri we even wrote one and submitted to a few places and were rejected from all of them uh, but you know uh, i can i see myself doing comedy full-time absolutely yes but 
I'm not sure it will be stand up necessarily. Stand up maybe will be part of that, but not necessarily even the main part of it. So, but that's that's really good. So, um, the music. When you're talking about MTV, what style of music do you like then? Well, during MTV times, I I don't remember anymore. I liked all sorts of stuff, but uh, I think it's it's different from what I like now. Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe what I like now, but uh, think about things like experimental, avant-garde, industrial, yeah, electronics, ambient. Yeah, and one of my favorites was um, Front 242, if you remember those. Yeah, of course. Uh, Um, and, they, uh, they were supposed to, I mean, they are back together again. So they yeah, were supposed yeah. to to do a show in London, but pandemic kicked in. I was planning to go. Funny enough, I, I missed out on getting tickets for it. And because um, I, I remember them from years ago and I was uh, hoping desperately to get in. And um, and I do agree, actually, in industrial techno music, depending on the type of mood you're actually in, you can hit a beat and a rhythm and it's a highly repetitive rhythm, but it just sucks you in. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, what you think was, let's say you can go for a beer and it's, you're listening to this stuff and it could be three o'clock in the afternoon. And before you know it, it's five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the effect of the music, it's uh, substances. Uh, but uh, yeah. what, how did, when you actually in comedy itself uh, over here, um, did you just go to a comedy club <laughs> and then say, right, I'm going to perform? Or, for example, did you go to a, did someone recommend saying that you go and see, let's say, Chris Head or Rob Hitchmo, for example, or Logan Murray or Bennett Aaron or et cetera? Who, who did you actually start that way? Or did you say, right, I'm just going to write? So-? As you said earlier, you write scripted. So you've been a, you've obviously written plays before earlier in your life it's not something you just suddenly say right I can do um how did that how did the process happen uh well look uh, I think there are many many questions in one question right so yes. in, in terms of when I just started uh, w- when I decided to do stand-up which was around Christmas time 2018 uh what I did uh, I just uh, yeah, I went did my research on all stand-up nights in London, and I started going to each and every of them uh, as an audience member. And I, I think generally, if you ask me what advice I would give to someone who wants to try, do that. Spend a month going almost every day to various open mic shows as an audience member and write your stuff in parallel, write your first five minutes in parallel. Uh, and it helped on a number of fronts. First, obviously, it helped to just understand what's funny, what's not, what kind of things uh, people react to better. Also, it gives you big comfort that a lot of comics bomb badly, including the ones you think are funny, uh, which is especially great because you understand that it's like <laughs> it's not that you still can, you can be good and still bomb, so that's fine. Um, and finally, it helped me to choose, I don't know, top 10, you know, open mic nights that I wanted to start with, because you, again, you want to start with some good ones, right? You don't want to start, uh, show up for the first time at an open mic for your first gig and find out that this is that one where there is no audience at all. Um, um, 
and even like when you do your first gig so when i showed up at my first gig i already knew the venue i knew who were the mc who were the promoters i knew how the lights are set up from which side of the stage i should come on stage etc so i could focus just on my first five minutes so uh, that was my process from deciding to do stand-up in london to doing my first gig i just spent a month going to open mics uh, as an audience member yeah mm-hmm. so so really you did it the hard way i you said right i'm gonna watch learn how people are doing this and then i'm gonna have a go yeah 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 so, so. and and do you, are you interested in sports as well or do you do any no no absolutely no sports uh i i used to do a lot of it uh, what 15 years ago or even more uh, I played um, food, uh, football for my town. I also did judo for quite a while. But then I guess two things happened when I was around 12, 13. I mean, three things, okay. One is my eyesight went really bad. So I, at some point I had minus nine. Uh, number two is um, my flat finally got fast broadband. Uh, and third <laughs> and third i discovered alcohol so I, there was just no room for sports anymore um, no 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 i yeah i started doing the comedy sketches when i was in school at the age of 15 i think yeah yeah and were those are it was also by the way because in school it was a, a tradition that um uh, every year there is a sketch competition between final year and penultimate year um, and we formed a team and as such we were allowed to go to school at any point of the day like no matter how early or late uh, for rehearsal purposes uh, so and, and it was winter so quite cold uh, so it was quite suitable we could just buy booze and go uh, drink in, inside <laughs> school and when, whenever security showed up we were like we're rehearsing for sketch tournaments this is the you know letter from the director from the principal so you had that you had the back so did you find oh really so you what did you were you doing improvising from an early age then from or no it was all scripted uh, oh, it was all scripted s- s- scripted yeah. yeah there was some improv section but not uh, not a major one yeah and you- i Sorry, I was going to say, your, your style is quite deadpan, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Well, did you try different styles or were you always deadpan? Uh, well, I think, and I don't know why, I generally was more energetic, I guess, when I was younger. Uh, but now I'm too old for that shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I... I now I'm more deadpan than I was 15 years ago, definitely, but I don't know why. Uh, and in the last few years, I tried to be yeah more energetic and try to be, I even tried, you know, some surreal abstract comedy, uh, didn't feel comfortable. I guess in the end of the day, I'm more writer than a performer. So I rely on the strengths of sort of my written material rather than my delivery, mm-hmm. which is not good, really- but- you Your know. set is really good. Thank you. Thank you very no, much. I really, no, I really it's, enjoyed it. It's, very, it's a very strong set. And um, when I was watching the videos as well, that's one of the things that it's, it is a craft, it's crafted all, all the way beginning to end. That's a crafted set. Um, on, the, on the writing, do you think, let's say, as you said, you'd go from like sketch, do you think you would, you would get to the, 
sort of take it to the next level and say write for a film if you is that the end game i i don't know what the end game is but the idea is good i think uh and yeah as i said i i've tried to write i have tried to write a sitcom script a pilot and, 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 and even few i even went f- courses as uh, sitcom writing courses um so yeah i guess film is a logical next step but i don't want to like i want to start with a good idea all right yeah i I don't want to be one of those people who know how to format the script and therefore they think it's the reason to write a script um i i want to do it when i think i'm ready i want to do it when i think i have you know a a killer script Natalie, it's been lovely talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. And seeing you again. And uh, really appreciate the listeners listening in. 